0: You were proactive. You actually looked deeper than the average person would look. Out of the ashes, you will rise. If you feel sad, lost, depressed, finances are in the gutter, social life, you're lonely. Out of the ashes, you will rise. Here in my garage, invest in yourself. Always be curious. Don't be a cynic. Sleeping on a couch in a mobile home with only $47 in my bank account. When everything's burnt to the ground, when you're sad, lost, and depressed, and everything's at rock bottom, you get to rebuild the exact and precise way you want the damn thing rebuilt. Health, wealth, love, happiness, each of these four goals coming up today. This podcast episode, radio episode, is specifically around the concept of going from zero to a million. We're going to have however many people watch this live, probably about 50,000 people will watch this live. Out of 50,000, 49,900 of them. You got to reprogram everything we are talking about, money. Right. Okay, welcome to today's podcast, how to go From zero to a million. What's the psychology? What's the mindset? I'm going to be giving you specific examples. I got James Swanick here, business partner of mine, friend. And I got Kate here. She's giving away stuff, iPhones and cash. And we had all kinds of internet issues. So if you're writing this down, I'm going to get right to the point. Um, If you want to go rags to riches or if you already got some money but you want to increase... Specifically around money, number 1 thing you got to write down is proactivity. How proactive are you? Now, the opposite of proactivity is robot automatons. And this whole damn world is full of robot automatons. If you know what an who knows what an, do you know what an automaton is? James, Kate.
1: No, I do not. Just a
0: robot Google just it. run Google what an automaton? Kate's going to Google what? It does th- what it's told and that's it. Yeah, but an automaton was a specific Word.
1: Oh, I'm on. Um,
0: you can go off airplane mode. Okay. So, as Kate looks it up, I can explain her. She can when she gets to the Wikipedia page. Automatons are basically machines that just kinda you twist them and
1: self-operating machine or yes. machine uh, or control mechanism designed to automatically follow
0: super close to your A predetermined
1: sequence of operation. Even closer
0: to the oh, mic. Oh, you okay. should. You're chin touch the mic is the best way to do it right under can it can you guys hear me now yep okay and talk loud cuz the live people can't hear you automaton what is it
1: it is a self-operating machine or machine controlled me- or control mechanism designed to automatically follow a predetermined sequence of operations
0: yes so di- just understand this i'm not joking when i say most humans are automatons so humans Sometimes I say humans are robots, but they're not really robots. Like James was talking about somebody who was working for him that he had to let go because they were mm, what's the word you would use? Not proactive, <laughs> dumb, <laughs> I annoying. I can't say it. it's politically incorrect. Annoying so let's as say. hell. Yeah,
2: just didn't wasn't proactive. Yeah, yeah. just did did what he was told, but did that poorly a lot of times. And then when there are obvious things to get fixed. He didn't do it. He was like right. waiting for permission right? instead of just doing it. Yeah. There's something clearly but see, wrong. He was a
0: human in that he had the neocortex part of the brain. There was the ability oh. to think things through. So the psychology of going from zero to, 100, uh, zero to a million assumes you're a human. Like if you are a single cell organism, a slug, or my German <laughs> shepherds, you don't have a chance to go from zero to a million because you don't have a prefrontal cortex, the part above your brain, right above your eyes, okay? Right above your eyes here, this part of your brain. If, if you get hurt right here in the front of your brain, you're going to be revert. You know. yeah. Well, you also revert to like an animal state. There's a famous guy. His name was Phineas something. And I forget his last name in the 1800s. And he was working on a construction site or something. And a nail went right into his head. And it deactivated one part of his brain. But he still was like a regular human but he lost, I think, emotional. He became like Asperger's, like autistic, mm. just because there's a part of your brain that controls social functions. So as we talk about the steps for you to go from zero to one million, the first step is an increase in your proactivity and all the people around you's proactivity. So if you're trying to build a million-dollar business or just become more successful and you're surrounded by people that are basically like wind-up dolls, you wind them up zzz,
2: zzz, 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 zzz,
0: every Monday, And then you hope by Friday they're still productive, but you know if you're not there winding them up again, that's what an automaton is. You automaton, you get a, you ever seen those little balls, you go chick and they go click, click Mm -hmm. back and forth like that. Mm. That's like an automaton. Do you think
2: there's ever a place where an automaton would be beneficial?
0: Yes. An automaton is good for very, very, very menial manual labor. Like when I lived on a, yeah, a factory, a factory, factory. or when I lived on a farm, we had to dig post holes. So you would make a fence that's one mile long and you'd literally have to just dig, dig, dig. And it was, I I almost went out of my mind. And, but what allows you to dig holes for a living is not the same thing that's going to allow you to rise up to financial success. Because let's think about, so number one, increase of productivity. Number two, and and I used to call that in my 67 steps, I call that the worth a damn factor. So worth a damn factor to me, awareness is one of the things which is a precursor of of, um, proactivity because what proactivity means this, and this is what I recommend some of you who own businesses or want an assistant, just do this. This is a free advice that will change your life. Hire, let's say you want an assistant for your business or your job, whether you're an entrepreneur or work for somebody else. Hire three on Monday and say, listen, I want to hire you all for one week and I probably can only keep one of you, but I need some extra help this week. And then I'll keep one of you, you know, on long-term if it works out. Then the first day, if you're married or have a boyfriend or girlfriend, give them this one assignment to do. But don't say anything about it. Just say, hey, I want to take my girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, out to dinner tonight. Will you make a reservation for six o'clock? Okay? Now, that's it. Then walk out of the room and give three of them like put them the three people separate so they don't work together. You want to see who works correct, who works on their own. So you got these three. Now what you're looking for, because this is what's going to happen out of three people, all three of them humans are smart enough, they'll make you a reservation. So wanna make a reservation at a sushi place, want to make a reservation at a Mexican place, Want to make a reservation at Italian food. Now you go back the next day and you ask them why they made that reservation. And what you're looking for is this basic answer. One of them goes, "Well, I knew you're married. I knew your last your name is Ty Lopez or James Swanick. And so I went to your Facebook and I looked to see if you're in a relationship and it said James is in a relationship married. So I clicked the link over to your wife's Instagram or a Facebook. Then I scrolled through and I noticed she always posts food pictures of Italian food. So I then went to Yelp and I picked the very best Italian place. And I knew, I asked you where you lived. You live in Brentwood. And I put within five miles of Brentwood. Then you ask them, okay, that's great. You were proactive. You actually looked deeper than the average person would look you didn't just make a reservation at a restaurant you liked you knew you figured out my wife my, my wife's you know favorite dish and then you say which of you called at five forty five when i was driving there to make sure everything was okay and and the reservation had been put in correctly now odds are you won't find any of the three that did all of that But you can basically find the person who did the closest to that. And the closest to that is the person that you keep as your assistant.
2: That's the most proactive one. That's
0: the most proactive, the most aware, the most worth a damn. And I, you know, Warren Buffett is now the second richest man in the world. And this is the point number two. So point number one is be proactive, be worth a damn, and surround yourself with people who are proactive and worth a damn. Number two is remember that making money isn't hard, okay? I was talking earlier, I launched a new program that's like a new version of the 67 steps, and um, it's called the Inner Circle. And basically, right now in your world, the world that you live in, there is a complete inner circle, a secret society, right outside your doorstep, within 20 miles of where you live, I promise you. And while you're struggling financially and why life sucks, and you're not happy, and you don't like your job, and all this, these people are making a million dollars a day. In the same economy that you live in, right? The same world, same economy. Some of them will have grown up poor. They didn't all inherit their money. So you got to ask yourself, why? Why? And I'll tell you why. Because as Bill Gates said, the richest man in the world... He says he only uses about 10% of his brain on business. He said business has never been hard. It's not that hard. So number two point is that making money is not hard, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a reason. Why do you think making money is not hard, Kate? Give your opinion.
1: Um, well...
0: Let James go first. We'll put James on the spot. I would just say because
2: there's there's always problems in the world and business is solving the problem for yourself then solving it for someone else and then solving it for a 100 people, a million people, and you can scale. So there's always problems that need to be solved. As
0: long as you can solve those problems and you can make money doing it. Okay. I I think that's a good answer. Kate, do you have anything to add? Why would it be specifically easy to go from zero to a million dollars? Somebody says... This guy, Verbana, said, because money is everywhere. Yeah, because... Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Kate is shy. Mm. What were you going to say?
1: Nothing. Just go back to James. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you put non-business people on this thought, it's tough with business. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my opinion. The reason... It's easy, and what Bill Gates meant is that, well, actually, this is what Charlie Munger said. If it wasn't for the stupidity of the world, we wouldn't be so rich. So here's why. The odds of your competition being more proactive than you are so infinitesimally low that you can almost always compete even if you're not a genius. Literally. I mean... I can't think of one industry where I meet the people, maybe Elon Musk or something with like Tesla or something. But remember, Elon Musk didn't design the cars. He has engineers. Like no one person you think Bill Gates was smart enough to build. He had a hundred. Bill Gates had a hundred thousand employees. Uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have 200,000 employees. So I think that. The reason is it's a contrast bias. If you're proactive and worth a damn, all of a sudden no one else is, especially around business. Because one of the things I was saying about the inner circle, basically the world, there's a handful of people in in this inner world, inner circle, that teach their kids all this stuff. And you and I grew up, what did we grow up? Making money is hard. Becoming a millionaire is rare. Making a million bucks is rare. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be recessions. The economy won't allow it. It's luck. It's not luck if you do it more than once. My grandpa used to say once is luck, twice is skill. And there's a great book on this by a guy. It's called there's several books. One's called Good to Great. Great by choice, I think is another one. Jim Collins? Yeah, Jim Collins, very respected business, one of the top business. And he said he wondered if it was luck, so he went around and studied all these people who had gone from zero to a million or zero to a billion, and he said they do it over and over again. So if you're throwing darts at a dartboard and you hit the center once, that's luck. You could just have beginner's luck. But if you hit it two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and when you look at people that are go from zero to a million, a lot of them, there are some that are lucky and it's just a one-hit wonder, but... In my experience, it's because they have a different psychology. And just promise you this. If you think something is hard. It'll be hard. It will be hard. If you think something's easy, it'll be easy. Exactly. If you go, all right, I'm overweight. I'm 300 pounds overweight. Biggest obstacle of my life is going to be to get in shape you have created a self-fulfilling prophecy. Life is whatever you say it is. For yeah. example, if you say, life is a party, woohoo! Right.
2: Do you see how my physiology just changed, yeah. right? I put my hands in the air and I, my voice yep. w- was of a, a higher level and I was dancing around with a big smile on my face. Yep. It's hard to say life is a party without doing that. Like try right. saying it with a, like a sad, yeah, life voice. is an amazing life, party. Life yeah. is a party, like it's hard, right? So life is whatever you say. If you say, oh man. This is hard. Life is hard. Then life's going to be hard. If you say this is easy, or if you say life is a gift, oh, life is a gift. Then you'll see everything around you as a gift. Yeah, it's exactly what you say it is. Yeah, and if and
0: you think think about this, um, we're programmed by society, one way or another. We're programmed by society, right? So, what is society pounding into everybody's head? Well. Right now, if you look on Twitter news, you look on wherever you get your news source, it's basically that the world is ending. It's 50% about Donald Trump and some political thing. It's uh, Another 30% is about statues right now. Um, Another 20% is about Kim Jong-un and nuclear. And I'm not saying any of that's not newsworthy because some of that is newsworthy. It's histrionics. Yeah, histrionics. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Histrionics is basically people shouting and whining and complaining, but it has no relevance to what actually alters your life. Because what alters your life and what makes it good or bad, life is mostly a social problem. So most of the things that make your life good is who the who are the people you spend eight hours a day with. Is it a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend that you that is an idiot or that annoys you? Is it your boss is too hard to deal with? Business partner who's Machiavellian and not trustworthy. That's all that, for the most part, by the way. My experience is business is easy. Harder is people. Every <laughs> is bad yeah. thing in my life, every struggle that I have, yeah. money is, is not the freaking hard part in life, man. A hard part is people. Because people are devious, people are exploitative, people want more than, they want to take more than they give. So, number two, as I said, the mindset, you go into this, like James said, just go into, a great movie you should watch. I recommend this. Have you seen the movie Life is Beautiful? Yes. Go see, it was Academy Award. What year was Life is Beautiful, Zach? That was uh, 97, 90, 98. 97 98, 98, 98, something like that. 98, go see this Movie, it will change your life because he gets put into a concentration camp right. with his son and he turns it into a game, yes, because he knew everybody there was sentenced to die, yes. So, I when I watched that, I was like, This guy has the magic superpower, yes, he got the superpower, he's in a death camp, but his per- he altered perception. So, the millionaire mentor mentality number three, okay, is you have to alter current reality for you you literally almost like hallucinogenics even though some people are big on taking this ayahuasca drug um steve jobs took hallucinogenic LC- lsd and said that that it helped him be more creative than bill gates because bill gates wouldn't do it i'm not sure that's true but um i got a better way to do it you don't there's no side effects there's no lsd needed what you do is you go, I will alter complete perceptions away from what I grew up with because basically childhood is what ruins everybody yeah, or what makes you amazing. And oh. that inner circle of people in the world, they're raising their kids different than you. And I I was raised by a single mom. Um, you know, James, you weren't raised by parents that ever made a million bucks. No, right?
2: no, I wasn't. And I, it was always ingrained into, into me, get a job, get a job, get a job. Right out of high school, my mother was like pushing me, you need to get a job, you get a job. And at the time it was a recession in Australia, it was 1993. And so when I actually got a job, which as a reporter at a newspaper, my environment, if you will, my mother, my, my father, my friends, everyone was like, oh my God, James got a job. That's amazing, great work, James got a job. And so it was instilled in me like, get a job yeah. and then make money and then save and then buy a house and then get married and then have kids that was like the the culture that was ingrained right. into me and i i mean i don't have many regrets but like if i had to look back and and have it changed i would have wished that my mother and father had pushed me into entrepreneurship yeah and said and, and i would have i would have loved it if my dad had said when i was 10 james go out and run a lemonade stand yeah. out the front of the house but he didn't right it was always like go to school is a, then,
0: are Australians entrepreneurial or not as much No they
2: are they are but yeah. it was just you know it's my, my look I I was raised well you know good yeah. morals good values but there was no entrepreneurship in my in my yeah. in my family so I never learned that and my environment was always the same it was like go to school and then when you get out of school either get a job or you go to college and then you get a job yeah. and that was it so um you know, I wish I could turn back the clock and just say, like right out of high school, learn how to be an entrepreneur. Otherwise I wouldn't feel like I'm playing catch up like I am now. Like I'm right. forty two and I feel like I'm playing catch up on money making and wealth creation because for twenty years I just bought into this idea like you gotta get a job and yeah. you just gotta
0: pay the bills and you know, we And think to about it, what you're doing now at your age don't you see how you basically could have done the same thing? Could have done it. You could have, done, you the could same have thing. done that at 18. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It, it, was, it was a
2: mentality and it yeah. was the environment and what they were telling me. Yep. So my parents and my friends and my peers were all telling me, go get a job. And so that's what I did. And yep. then when I got a job, I felt terrific about it. But now now that I know what I know. Right, you I'm, shouldn't have felt
0: terrific. I'm pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like pissed. That's why, so step number four in the psychology of zero to a million dollars, you have to unprogram or reprogram most of what you learned in your childhood. Now, you don't have to learn, you don't have to reprogram. Like James said, he had good morals, and his parents taught him, you know, follow the Ten Commandment kind of mm-hmm. Judeo-Christian Christian ethic and stuff like that. That's not doesn't need to be changed. But your this podcast episode, radio episode, is specifically around the concept of going from zero to a million. And to do that, you, I promise you, we're gonna have however many people watch this live 10, 20, 30, 40, probably about 50,000 people watch this live on Facebook and Instagram right now. And out of 50,000, 49,900 of them, for sure, of you watching right now, you gotta reprogram everything you were taught about money. It
2: took me exactly 20 years to change my mentality about, yeah. ma- about making money. So I was 17 when I left high school and I got a job yeah. and then I was 37 when I hired you to coach me in making money. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll get to mentorship in a second but it was 20 years of, of a culture and a mindset of just earn a salary with yeah. a salary ceiling and move from job to job to job. And you're right, I could have I hired a coach or a mentor or I could have had a different mindset 20 years earlier when I was 17. I, f- I feel like it's like the lost 20 years. Yeah,
0: And that's the, mo- <laughs> the most painful thing you will ever experience in life is the loss of time. Everything else can be made up for. You can remake money but time is a bitch boy time is this thing it's like slippery sand that goes between your fingers and you can't yeah. bring it back once it slips through your hands into your fingers and onto the floor you there's no picking it up i used to make fun when i was in my early 20s I used to make fun of people in their like
2: 30s or 40s who would say oh man time goes so fast you wait you wait you wake up one day and you'll be 30 you'll be 40. Yeah. Now I'm 40 and I'm the one who's saying that, man, time is going so go fast. Because I don't know about you, but I'm like every single day I wake up now, it's like tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. And I go, where the hell did the last year go? Yeah. And now you look back and you go, damn, you start having a conversation where it's like, yeah, 20 years ago when I was doing that. Kate here was, <laughs> was just telling me that she was, the, the, the year that I went out on my first date, she
0: was being born. <laughs> yeah, Kate. Kate's still a young one. Yeah, She's still, but Kate... It's the lucky one because she gets to be around me. <laughs> yeah, there's so many advantages to that, Kate. Yeah. No, learning about... No, just not really. Hum- not humility. Really. You can learn humility. <laughs> no, no, not from that side. But, I mean, you get to learn shit that ain't nobody teaching in school. Some I mean, of you are in college. Look, I've spoken at the top colleges in the world, Harvard and London Business School and USC. There's some smart kids in there. But I promise you... Um, well, every time I go there, I talk about stuff and they're like, I've never heard that before. Even if they're in grad school, getting an MBA in business, because me and James are in the trenches of business right now, whereas a professor is getting their information from people like us. So a lot of universities, for example, use my videos as like example of viral business marketing videos. So I'm like, well, I did the damn video. These guys are trying to study. They're always playing catch up. So anyway, rewire the brain. And let me just get to how you do that because this is what James was bringing up. So I think we're on step four, step three or five. Um, the way you reprogram your brain is the trickiest one because I'll tell you what you can't do. You cannot... Um. um you cannot sit in a room and go, I don't like myself. I want to rewire how I think. It Unfortunately, no matter how hard you try, cry, get angry and get frustrated, nothing changes. So one of the things that you have to do is imagine you were training your brain like you train your body. So let's just imagine you're 150 pounds overweight, okay? 200 pounds overweight. So you walk into a gym. Well, let's say you're at home and you're depressed. You look in the mirror after you take a shower and you're like, wow, I am 200 pounds overweight. (laughs) So let's say you cry. You get angry. You eat ice cream because (laughs) you're frustrated. (laughs) Nothing changes. You just get fatter and more depressed. So let's say you're, what would you do? Let's just say, What? let's give some examples. What would you advise? I'll take some live recommendations. To a friend of yours who's 150 pounds, overweight, and sick of it, and wants to reprogram their body to be healthy. What are some of the things? Somebody said, Kate, you're a beautiful baby. You got a, um, a fan. Somebody <laughs> said, you can't rewire... Your thoughts manufacture your brain chemistry. Someone said, Ty's a walking book." <laughs> That's a compliment. Someone said they would recommend they cut sugar, bread, and cut fast food. Walk a thousand step, 10, steps, ten thousand steps a day. Pineapple pizza. Eat pineapple pizza. Just <laughs> go on so. a diet. Lewis Pina one hundred says. Uh, I'll take tell you baby what I step. do. Yeah, okay, so let me suggest they start walking, eat clean, diet and cut calories. James, what do you recommend?
2: I would recommend having that person get around a bunch of people who are fit and healthy. I would would recommend that they get into an environment where their six closest friends or the six people they spend the most time with have six-pack abs or are going to the gym or eating clean or are health conscious because you learn by osmosis. Visualization as well. I'd stick a picture of the body that you wanted on your fridge every day, or on your phone, so you're always seeing it. Hmm. That's um, good. So yeah. visualization uh, is huge. Um, but the main thing would be getting around people who already have the body that you want right. to get to.
0: Yeah, and and I that's what I would basically say. I mean, I would say the honest truth. And I'll add one thing to that: get a personal trainer because. Who here has ever worked out with or without a personal trainer? Yeah, I, There's not once that I'm better off working out alone in a gym versus somebody pushing me. Never. Right. you. And if you don't believe me, look at the top bodybuilders in the world. Uh, sometimes um, uh, Mr. Olympia trains me. Mr. Olympia, he won Mr. Olympia Classic. Danny Hester, he won last year. He trains with other people. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He completely Always was working out with Franco Colombo, every single... So if you take somebody who's 150 pounds overweight and you just say, go on a diet, that's what some people are saying. Ain't nobody sticking to that. That's no. why they're fat. No. Because they know that. Everybody's smart enough to know that. So when it comes to making money, if you have no money, so you're like the, you're like the financial version of somebody 200 pounds overweight, then my, if you follow what James says, you try to then go out and find six people... Or make sure the six people you spend the most of your time with are badasses and at least making ten times more money than you. Yeah. If you do that now, the other thing is, and this is what I recommend to the overweight person, get a personal trainer. And you well, you can do the same thing what financially. Everybody, I'll tell you the answer to that. Joel Salatin used to tell me when everybody, anybody in the modern world says they can't afford something just ask. When they say I don't have money, just oh, add two that. words for that. Because yeah. people make money for all the stupidest things, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you go to the I. You if you go to the ghettos, people still got rims. People still got <laughs> iPhones.
1: Yeah, it's true. Save a week's worth of McDonald's and some weed. <laughs> weeks <laughs> so, worth. Of, someone up there said. Get oh, that what someone said. Yeah.
2: Getting a personal trainer as well. It, like obviously you want to get as as good a personal trainer as you can but even if that personal trainer is just mediocre right as long as they're
0: better than that person. Yes. As long as they're better than you. Correct.
2: And if you've invested money to have a personal trainer, guess what? That is accountability. Yeah. When you wake up on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and you've already paid to yes. go and see a trainer on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tell them Friday, you want a
0: no refund policy.
2: You're showing up. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just setting fire to your money, Or else you right? text them and are like,
0: oh, I don't want to do it.
2: And you know what people always say? They say, well, back. why do I need a personal, personal trainer? I can do that for free. I can go to the gym for free. Well, you can. But you won't. But will you? Yeah. And most of the time the answer is no, you won't. No. As soon as you
0: pay, that was like, that was honestly. Somebody says, does he train with kangaroos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good cheap comedy. Yeah. <laughs> good what, cheap
1: comedy. What I
2: have learned is, um, you know, I was always the guy who would get stuff for free, right? I'd go to free seminars, free conferences. If there was a course or a program, I'd try to get someone to give me the pirated copy. Right. And I would get all of this stuff for free, and I prided myself on it. But the problem was, is that I didn't really make any massive progress because I didn't value it. Yeah.
0: When you pay for it, as soon as I yeah. paid
2: for it, yeah. I focused. I paid attention. When you pay, you pay attention, and that was like the, that's probably been the biggest breakthrough for me in all areas of my life: my health, my my uh, fitness, and finance my relationships, it's paying for coaching. Yeah. Here's the thing, I can get all of that stuff for free on YouTube, I can YouTube like how to make a million dollars, right. I can YouTube the best investing advice from Warren Buffett and I can watch those videos and then I can go and open up an investing account and put money into it and do those things, but I never did. Right. But as soon as I like went into my own bank account and I paid someone and right. I gave someone money, what it did is that it made me just have this tunnel, singular focus, which inspired me to take action. Yeah. Ultimately, I lost weight. I put on muscle. I got a business coach. I started a business. I made money.
0: That's, the, that's a huge component, like paying. Yeah, that's why I say, you know, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it takes money to make money, but it's not always how people think. Like you can start a business for under 100 bucks in America. Almost any, you name a business, I can get into it for under a hundred bucks. Anything. I mean, even complicated things because you can make a prototype, an easy prototype. So what I like to do is take the money and invest it in someone to teach me. And sometimes it's buying a plane ticket. That's one of the best things you can do with money. Mm. Buy a plane ticket because the odds are, depending on where you live, that the people who have the information that you need don't live next door. And they're not coming your way. So I've gotten on. I mean, the furthest I ever went was from Los Angeles to Tasmania. Yeah. And I went to India. I've, I've been on, you know, 28-hour airplane rides going to learn something. So that's a good. And you get the plus of traveling and enjoying life. The other thing, and I'll throw this out because I always talk about this, if you know my brand, books. So here's the thing about Books. Because some people go, oh, well, then you get book smart, but you don't do it. And it doesn't blah, 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 People are stupid about this subject. Let me tell you the truth. Every single day you should read and every single day you should act upon what you learn. And so it's not, why do people think it has to be one or the other? So I read, you know, right now this, and I've, I have many different habits. Right now I read right when I wake up before I do anything. So I spent about one, this morning I finished a book called uh, Personality by Daniel Nettle. And I actually read another book. I, I was kind of finishing, finished the last half of two books. So two different books and one. And I, I read Dan, um, Dunbar, Robin Dunbar, his book on love. It's basically what's the science of why humans fall in love. So learned stuff because one of the big things in going from zero to a million dollars is you have to be good at reading people. Okay, so the best way to learn to read people, learn theoretical, and then go try to apply it that same day. So what I was learning today, what Daniel Nettle's big thing is the five main components of humans personality that you have to learn to read it, you have to learn um, it's Bay, he bases this book around something called the big five, which I like hexaco, which is actually six, but he does big five. So you learn to read people's neuroticism. It's number one thing you got to learn to read. So, like when you hire people, James, um, you need to know their neur- because too low of neuroticism, and they're like a hippie. They, they're like the one that frustrates you because they never double check their work. Mm. Okay, they're never worried. But neuroticism in general, you want to be low because neuroticism is re- is overreaction to small things. We all been around. It- A neurotic person. So the next one is conscientiousness. And this was the issue that you had. So I'm taking theoretical and I'm putting practical. Well, scientists have found if somebody's not conscientious, then guess what? They will make a lot of mistakes around you. You'll give them a job. They won't be proactive. They're not hard workers. They're not perfectionists. They're not organized. Some of you listening to this right now have very low conscientiousness. (laughs) By the way, If you always ask me, I get one of the most common questions, how do you overcome procrastination? You're actually a low conscientiousness person. Conscientious people don't procrastinate. They can make internal goals and follow them. So if you're somebody who makes goals and then breaks them within a week or two, without a doubt, you have low conscientiousness. But that's only one of five factors. Mm -hmm. Then you have extroversion. So extroverted people are... There's different way. Most people don't know what they're talking about. Extroversion. If you've done a, like a Myers-Briggs test, you might say you're an extrovert or introvert. It's not whether you're shy. Shyness has very little to do with extroversion. Extroversion is your response to novel new things. So if somebody is an extrovert, if you're watching, you like to go to parties because there'll be new people there to meet. Whereas introverts are not motivated by new things every day an introvert can be happy at home reading the same book they've been reading all week in fact they get new they get pleasure from not something new so sometimes introverts are confusing because you can actually be a shy extrovert you know that i mean a shy shy extrovert is possible in fact kate is probably a shy extrovert like she comes off i always thought kate was an introvert but uh, i told you yeah, <laughs> Almost, most amateur people would say you're an introvert, but Kate is like an undercover secret extrovert who's like, ah, let's do <laughs> new stuff. And so, so anyway, what I'm talking about now in the steps, the mindset, it has to be a mindset that you want to learn theoretical things and you want to do action because about... of the advice you're gonna get out there about how to go from a zero to a million dollars will be like, forget the theoretical, just go do stuff. But think about how you build an airplane. Do you want a person who goes, you know what, forget all this engineering architecture stuff. Forget all that. I just go out and I just take a a wrench and a bolt gun and some welding equipment and I just piece together an airplane. That airplane's gonna crash. So you need theoretical, you need people, or you need to be somebody who sits in an engineering, you know, room on a computer creating the exact measurements of the airplane, the theoretical on paper. And then you got to go out and also build the airplane. So it's a two-step process. So to go from zero to a million, I find that some people have no theoretical. They're literally building an airplane, a 747 from they're out of their ass by intuition and they're like, just work harder. If it doesn't fly, just work harder. And I'm like, dude, you just crash faster.
2: You know your your Lamborghini commercial where you go and everyone mimics you and they go, Knowledge. Yeah. right, knowledge. In actual fact, what would have been better than knowledge would have been applied knowledge. Right. Because knowledge isn't power, it's applied knowledge. It's yes. what you do with that. Because people always say, Oh yeah, look, I read I read books all the time. That's great. Well, that's terrific, but what did you do with the information that you learned from that? Book?
0: But you know what? I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna do a, something to challenge those people, because I get people going. Oh, the problem in the world is people just read books all the time, but they don't do it. What world are you in? What that people read smart books every day? My ass. The truth is, people buy books put it next to their bed and never read them and then they go oh yeah i've been reading up uh, (laughs) about investing like no bullshit i'll ask you three questions you don't know jack shit about anything it's not true wealthy people know theory and they know applied i promise you you know if you go to your medical doctor and you need help you don't think he knows the theory of the anatomy of the human body you think you go uh My spleen, you think he'll be like spleen? What is a spleen? I don't know what a dude they memorized spleen in the second year of business school. They got book smart and then what
1: you said, business school,
0: Uh, medical school. Thank you. Yeah, but but you don't want a doctor that has no book knowledge. He goes, You know what I do? I just get in there, I just cut you open, get in that heart (laughs) cavity, and I just. (laughs) <laughs> every every heart's a new is a mystery to me. <laughs> she, and I just she'll be right. mate. Yeah. let's cut you open she, and have a look. She's no worries. Just, I'll figure it out when I'm in there. No, hell no. But you also don't want a doctor who's never done an operation. Right. So, but I was just gonna say, next time people bring up this phantom problem in the world, because it is a damn phantom, I, I see people being like, we live in a world where people are just reading and learning. I'm like, where? where dude (laughs) where is this because i talk to a lot of people i don't and some smart and some not smart but the smart ones i mean the not so smart ones it's never because they're reading too much i don't know one damn person that if you get to the bottom of why they're at zero and not a million you know what it's those 40 hours a week i've been reading (laughs) for the last two years bullshit if because remember what and this is the next mindset principle. I think we're on number seven or something, six or seven. Bill Gates says if he had a choice between people, he'll always choose the lazy man to do a job because he says he'll know he will do it quicker. Yeah. Because when you're lazy, you're like, just for example, let's say you need, you're going to add on to your house. So you got to build a foundation for a, a guest house in your backyard. So would you want some dude who comes to you and he's just like, you know what? I'm so good with a shovel. You give me the next 19 days, and I will dig a hole, man. I am a hard worker. You don't want that guy. You want the dude who's like your next-door neighbor. I had one of these in North Carolina, Um, Bradley Theed. He was my neighbor when I moved to North Carolina. And we wanted to build a basketball court in the woods behind my house because I was really into basketball. And um, I remember we were like, should we chop down trees and do-do-do-do-do? And then Bradley Thede, he had this country accent. I remember. I remember is the first people I ever met that I realized actually thought WWE wrestling was real. Like I was over at their house, and I was like, "Oh, you, this is so fake!" And they, the whole family turned to me like, "What?" <laughs> I was like the first person that ever said that to them. But anyway, back to you know, I need this this basketball court. His he just goes. He used to talk like this. Hi, Ty. That's exactly how he sounded. He'd go, hey, Ty, my dad will just bring the bobcat over. And his dad just drove over with the bobcat. I'll never forget. <laughs> little, little tractor bobcat. knock pushed the trees down. Skid. He did it in like two hours. And I had this dirt Hi, backyard. Ha ta. Hi, Ty. Efficiency. <laughs> Efficiency. So in the mindset, remember I said you got to reprogram the mindset. One of the mindset things that you have to reprogram is the fixation uh, uh, with not using tools. And mark my words, what separates people on the path to zero to a million are the people who use better tools. If you have a knife, I don't care if you can bench press 500 pounds. If I got a gun and we're 20 feet apart, you're going to die. It's like that scene in Indiana Jones uh, of Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark where,
2: where Indiana Jones is up against the guy with the sword and he's doing the fancy sword tricks and then
0: Indiana Jones just pulls out his gun and shoots just him. Just shoots him. Not unless him. you
1: have bad aim.
0: No, trust me.
1: <laughs> if you have bad aim. I don't aim. have
0: bad aim. And at 50 yards, you're going to die if you're running at me and i got a fully loaded weapon. What's, so,
2: the, what's the phrase? I think it was, um, was it Franklin who talked about the man sharpening the axe? Like, is yes. you got two guys like... uh, And their goal is to cut down a tree. It's like spend one hour or 23 hours sharpening the axe and an hour chopping it down rather than the other guy who's going to just
0: start chopping right away. That's a perfect analogy. So spend hours every day sharpening your brain. Yes. And then go out and you'll execute very quickly because or else what's going to happen, mark my words, is you're going to get good at the wrong thing. I, I must admit that I wasted a lot
2: of time thinking that doing lots of action was the best course. And so I would, because I was feeling productive, because I was doing lots of things, I was like, okay, I'm accomplishing a lot. Right. But then when I actually sat back and looked at it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually now do thinking time. I'm just going to yep. just think, just yeah. shut off all distractions and just think how should I spend my day? Like, what should I do? What actually makes money what is the how should i prioritize my day i found that um my business increased exponentially from doing that yeah so rather than just like action 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 moving 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 it was like right think sharpen the axe what is the action i should take yeah and a lot of times it was like three times less action that i ordinarily would have taken but it was at least three times more powerful
0: action right you sharpen the axe yeah Yeah, these guys like Warren Buffett, they read eight hours a day. These dudes reading eight hours a day. You know how much money? Now, next time someone tells you they got a better plan than Warren Buffett, just remember, Warren Buffett's business makes $200 billion a year. Let me repeat that. Can you imagine his combined? He owns about 75 companies. Some he owns completely, and some he owns partial ownership. But his combined holdings, gross revenue per year, it's not 200 million because that's still a lot. Even 20 million is a lot, or 200 million, or 2 billion. His is $200 billion.
2: And he reads from like 9 a.m.
0: until he 5 p.m. all day. And yeah. his business partner, Charlie Munger, reads. Charlie Munger says, I'm a book. I'm a, my, my family calls me a book with two legs. So I'm always sitting there reading. Now, if you don't like to read, you can do podcasts, you can do mm. audiobooks. But when people say they don't like to read, I'm like, why do you not like to read? Well, Ty, I don't like to read because I get bored. Well, the whole point is that reading teaches you to focus. Mm. So, yeah, you can't just skip that by doing by doing audiobooks. You know, people go, uh oh. somebody said, I don't believe you, Ty. You can look up publicly traded company, Warren Buffett, and see that's $200 billion. So... You don't have to believe me. It's a publicly traded company.
2: Well, just a side note on Warren Buffett. He said uh, two years ago at the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Shareholders Meeting, which we mm. went to in Omaha, Nebraska, he said that there would be more millionaires made in the next three years than there have been already in history. In history. Yeah. And we're already two, years, in, two yeah. years into that. So there has never been a better time like I said, to make a million dollars. What Warren Buffett dollars.
0: was saying is it's easy to – if it was hard, it's for sure – in my opinion harder to stay in shape for 10 years than it is to make money for 10 years it is i would i would agree with that yeah staying in shape because it's- Foods all around you. It's I mean, trickier. I'm sitting here. I'm in fairly good shape, but Kate
2: brought out some cookies here, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm arms distance from it, cookies. and I'm I'm fighting an inner war with myself right Kate, now. James going, James should I been eat distracted the cookies? this whole time? I'm be, James, are you <laughs> I'm James closer?
0: Kate, why did take you bring such junky food? It's gluten yeah. free. Somebody said Still we're got lots of sugar all right. Let's do a though. giveaway. <laughs> let's give away a hundred bucks. Let's take a. Oh, so we're gonna do a giveaway based on today's sponsor, which is a company that James owns and him and his brother started that I'm in, a business partner in now too. See these glasses we're wearing? James, let me ask you a question. Yeah. We, let me do one thing. Film this on your phone, just vertical. Uh, horizontal, sorry. And we're going to do a little, just kind of, you can glance back between us and come in close. And, so start on me. Okay, I'm going to do a giveaway on today's podcast. What are we wearing, Kate?
1: We are wearing blue blocker glasses.
0: The specific brand, Swanee's. I'm here with James Swanick, who's been on my podcast. And let me ask you, I'm a, James wanted to interview me about the glasses, but I, since it's on my podcast, <laughs> people, you know what people say about these glasses? They say, um, Ty, you look like Tony Stark. Because does Tony Stark wear these? No, yeah, has been
1: getting a lot of.
0: Yeah, I get Tony a lot of Tony Stark. I yeah. wish I was Tony Stark. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson wears, him. wears them as well. The Holy yeah. So yeah. let me tell you about cool these. People. So this is today's sponsor <laughs> yeah. of my podcast. I usually don't do sponsors, but I'm going to start doing sponsors. The Swanee Blue Blocker Glasses. And I'm going to put a link for anybody who wants to buy them. They're not expensive, but you can go to tylopas.com sleep. Why? What is one of the main reasons people don't sleep well? Like people, if, and by the way, if you can't sleep, your life's gonna be crap and you ain't gonna make money. <laughs> One of the main reasons is because
2: you are staring into your cell phone right now or your television screen or your computer screen, and it is emitting an artificial blue light, which is stimulating your pineal gland and preventing your body from creating melatonin. And melatonin is what you need to be able to fall asleep to be able to sleep deeply and ultimately wake up feeling nice and refreshed. So every Sunday night, you're at home watching Game of Thrones on HBO. You're staring into your TV screen, which is emitting that artificial blue light, which is preventing your body from naturally creating melatonin. You're watching me right now on your cell phone, right? You're you're looking at me, you're looking at Ty. Your cell phone right now is emitting an artificial electronic blue light. And when you look into that light, it's stimulating that pineal and pituitary gland, and your body is unable to produce melatonin. Basically,
0: it, it's basically this: your body be- thinks you're waking up because they think the sun is hitting it. Yeah, you, when you when look you, into it, when you yeah. wake, that's how do you think people lived in ancient times before alarm clocks? Your ancestors, your great great grandparents, even a hundred years ago, they woke up when the sun came up, and before electricity, they went to sleep when the sun went down. So now. We basically have all these alarm clocks, the sun rising every time you look at your phone. I'll tell you this. If you look at your phone at night, which I do sometimes, Netflix or whatever, if you don't wear these glasses, I notice a significant difference. And there's real science behind this, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, they've done Harvard studies, dozens and dozens of studies on this. So the orange lens blocks out that blue light, Yep, which means you can continue watching Ty on your YouTube stream and you can continue watching Game of Thrones and you can continue using your computer at nighttime, but still know that you're going to be able to fall asleep the way that nature intended you to fall asleep. And you're still going to be able to sleep deeply. Because here's the thing, people, people are addicted to their electronics, right? Yep. And we're not changing that anytime soon. Right. Like. But if you can block that blue light, while using your electronics, your sleep will improve dramatically. Yeah.
1: Can I ask a question? Yeah. So um, how is it different than the low light um, option on your phone?
2: Yeah, so that's a great that's a great thing. So if you have an iPhone, there's a setting called Night Shift. Night mode, yeah. Yeah, Night Shift, and what that'll do is it will reduce the amount of blue light in your phone, and that's great. That really helps. There's also an, um, a free app on your computer which you can download download called Flux. If you go to F period L U X, same thing. At nighttime, the brightness level will start to automatically yeah. dim. It'll take out the blue light. That will also help. But here's the thing, that doesn't prevent The blue light hitting you from your bathroom light, from your TV screen. From your lamp next to your bed. From the alarm clock. I mean, the way that you brush your teeth at night is destroying your sleep. You want to know why?
1: Because of the light. Yeah, because you brush
2: your teeth in the bathroom light, right? So you're brushing your teeth.
1: You just got to brush your teeth in the dark then.
2: There you go. You know what? (laughs) That is the best thing. Here's the best thing you can do to sleep well. It's basically when the sun goes down, sit in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> that's so it.
1: In the dark.
2: Is anyone going to do that? No. Yeah. So next best thing is wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses. Looking use night Densy shift on your you iPhone. I think Androids the, the setting is um, called Twilight. Yeah. That also reduces the the blue light exposure. And then if you've got a computer,
0: download Flux that will will help. But a like lot James as well. said, I've tried that. The problem is the freaking lights from above. Distra- I've noted. You'll see. For those of you who buy these, I'm gonna put a link: tylopez.com/sleep. So go to my website, tylopez.com/sleep. And once you get that, you will see that you—it's actually weird. If I travel and I forget these glasses, I like—I'm like, wait a second. I notice it. Yeah. Like I'm like, something's wrong. And so you start putting these on at what about nine at night?
2: Yeah, I put them on about an hour before I go to sleep each night. So, um, you know, you can put them on two hours before you go to sleep if you want. But for me, it's like 45 minutes, an hour, I'll put them on and then I will not take them off until I've turned the light off. So what a lot of people make the mistake doing, they put the glasses on, they think, oh, great, I'm blocking the blue light. And then at the last moment, they'll take them off and go and brush their teeth and then the light's hitting their eyes. So what I'll do is I'll put them on about an hour before I want to sleep and they will stay on right up until I'll turn the light off and then I'll take the glasses off and I'll go to sleep. Yeah. So you don't want any light exposure. Yeah, yeah. I turn the light
0: off and then take them off.
2: Yeah, no, exactly, oh, yeah. that's right, yeah. Turn <laughs> the light off and then take them off. So if you have trouble falling asleep or you toss and turn in the night, or even if you get seven or eight hours and you wake up and you're still feeling tired, chances are it's because you're, you're staring into too much light at night. And that's from your cell phone, your TV screen, your bathroom light, your TV light. It's too much light at night. Yeah.
1: So your so, options are aviator style and
2: that style? You're, you're very fashionable with that style. She hey, likes uh. the aviators.
0: What I do you like think? I like the
1: aviators. Yeah. <laughs> they are
0: good on you. They're rocking. Thank you. So we're going to give away... What I want to give away some money. I'm not going to give... People are like give away a pair. We'll give away money. Buy a pair if you want a pair. Like James said, when you give away stuff, people aren't going to wear them. We'll give away some, some other time. But tylopez.com slash sleep. Now let's... Give away a hundred bucks. First person who answers this, based on what James just said, what are the what's the funny word gland that's in your brain that effect, gets affected by light for a PayPal hundred bucks? Yeah, there's actually two. There's actually two, there's two. glands. Two. We'll yeah. take yeah. either of them, or
1: both that make it challenging.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we'll we'll keep it. Going. What is one? Let's see. There's a delay on Facebook and Instagram, so it takes a second. There we go. Hutch Heelan wins. What did he say? What pineal went? gland. There you go. Some people say, "Oh, Elias, you just missed it." Hutch beat beat you on Facebook. Don't worry, I'm still going to give away this iPhone seven. So we're back from commercial break. Thank you, James. Sponsorship: tylopez.com/sleep. It's a partnership I have, an affiliate partnership with um, Swanee Sleep Glasses. They're pretty cool. I wear them, and I'm not just saying that. I don't just wear them just for them to be my sponsor. I like literally have been wearing them for, what, about a year?
2: Yeah, I think so. Well, how, have found, how, how have you found your sleep has improved
0: over your nighttime I notice it when I travel and I forget them, that I don't fall asleep as quickly and as deeply. You'll sleep deeper is what I find. Yeah. I still get about the same hours, but deeper.
2: Yeah, we actually did a study of people on on sleep. We asked them, would you prefer an hour's extra sleep or an hour's better quality oh, sleep? Oh, better
0: quality. And it's yeah. better
2: quality, like 85% of people said better quality.
0: I've slept 12 hours before and woke up tired. Really? I do that. Oh, yeah. Somebody said, can I have Kate's number? Yes. It's... Uh, it's 555-27-34. Five, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Three, um, four. <laughs> Nine one Tell him you have an emergency and you need to contact Kate. But just out of
2: interest, so if you did have Kate's number, what would you do? <laughs> hey, nothing. He would
0: probably send a dick pic or some stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> what would be That's your approach? That hey, if you
1: cut your number it, off the podcast, if you <laughs>
0: any girl gets pictures where guys send. Naked pictures. I'm like. Yeah, the girls are like,
2: oh, he's a dream boat.
0: <laughs> girls don't really think. You know what it is? It just shows you that people are so narcissistic. Whatever attracts them, they assume that will work. So if a guy, if a girl sends a guy a naked picture, it's like, yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah. guys think. That's how your brain. Even if even if like it's you know, like it's, random it's, Yeah, Even if it's just a <laughs> raunchy picture. But there's literally very few women. If you ever meet a woman who want strangers to send them <laughs> nude pictures of yeah. men, this chick is probably insane. Okay, what's insane. the best pickup line you've
2: ever heard, and what's the worst?
1: The best one? Um, I don't know about best. I don't really like pickup lines. I just like people.
2: Well, what was the best approach? It didn't have to be a pickup line. It could have just been the way that someone approached you. What was like um, a really... Classy, just when,
0: way. Hi, I, my name's Ty. How when, are you? Just when people
1: are casual, like <laughs> I don't know. When people are,
0: what's up, dog?
1: <laughs> the best one was, What did Herman say last night?
0: Oh, yeah, he my said, friend has the worst pickup lines. <laughs> about do it.
1: you have a pirate in the house or something? Yeah,
0: because there's Cause a it's, treasure inside. It looks <laughs> like a he's from Argentina. In
1: Argentina, that is, that's something all right that works.
0: All right, all right. Somebody said, ha, 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 Ty. Um, someone said, drop your glasses and make the woman put them on you. That is Jason <laughs> Jeremy's. Jason, you look young, and advice? I'm concerned what you're going to be like when you grow up. Because <laughs> your idea of a very cool thing to do was for me to take these off and then Kate to put the, is that like a weird fetish guys have? You know, it really turns me on when That's a peculiar. woman. Puts my glasses on. There's some weird people, man. Uh, what do you think of who Saul Alinsky? Muscular. Don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. My rolls has night vision. Saul Alinsky. Yeah, who's Saul Alinsky? He wrote, uh, he's he's the guy that wrote the. Uh, it's like all the communist people love that book. The, not the man. Is, not <laughs> <laughs> is he a communist? Act. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: An economist oh, okay. or communist? Communist. Communist.
0: Communist. a communist? Communist. Commie. Communist. Zach is Somebody walking encyclopedia. Said, Jason said it's supposed to be romantic. Rules for radicals. Rules for radicals, yeah. There we go. Someone said... Man, these comments kill me. Barack Obama's motivation. Not motivation, but... Influence. One of Hillary's biggest influences. Is that true? Yeah. She was influenced by... A communist writer? All, all the left. Kind of like the is it sexist? All the left. Is it sexist I'm that we. Like Zach, why aren't you on this, man? Monitoring. Yeah, okay. Mm.
2: Is it sexist that we call Hillary Clinton Hillary by her first name? Like, we don't call Donald Trump Donald. Some people do.
0: Mm. It's because I think Clinton. It'll be confusing to call, but we don't call Taylor Swift Swift. We call it Taylor, right? Right. But we call Kanye Kanye. I
1: think it just whatever sounds the best.
0: (laughs) Okay. Somebody said we back catchy. When you got money and all your dreams begin to come true, money doesn't necessarily bring you all your dreams. Money is just one of many, one of four things you got to get right. Yeah, you got to get four basic things right in life, approximately right. Your money your health, your love life, and your happiness. And those, you get those four basically and right. And you know what I learned? Sleep about, is under health.
2: What I've learned about happiness as well recently is that humans are not designed to be happy. Yes. Humans are designed to survive. Yep. And so then happiness truly is a choice or, and a skill that you actually have to learn.
0: Skill, happiness is unnatural for the most part. That's why yeah. I actually posted on Twitter yesterday. I said... What will make, if you think about this, you'll get it. What makes you happy doesn't necessarily make you survive. And what makes you survive often doesn't make you happy. So what makes you survive, for example, if you ask a scientist, is neuroticism. So neuroticism is reacting to, overreacting. Like, so let's just say this. Let's say you're a woman or you're a guy. and you've been dating someone for a year and they've always acted one way. And then all of a sudden... They come home a little later than normal, a little acting a little different, a little more secretive. You're like, where were you? And oh, they make up a lame excuse. What are you going to do? The brain's going to start racing. Oh, are they cheating on me? Are they? what, What? What? And so that's neuroticism. You're reacting. You're becoming neurotic. Now, why do you become neurotic? Well, because that's how you protect yourself because you don't want to be somebody. You don't want to be a dude who doesn't realize every night his girlfriend is going out sleeping with other guys. You don't want to be that guy that you figure it out one or two years later, right? So that process of becoming alert and aware of your circumstances is an unhappy experience. Ignorance is bliss, but do you want to be ignorant? Let me actually just do a poll. If you had a choice, James okay you're married let's pretend you're married to a woman Uh, that definitely is pretending yeah (laughs) but let's say if you get married you're not married now but if you got married Mm -hmm. and your best friend finds out after 10 years of marriage he walks in on her sleeping with some guy okay Mm. would you want him and let's just assume for the purpose of this that she's this could be, you could flip it, guy, girl, it doesn't it's matter. It's not an
2: open relationship, it's a No, it's monogamous. not, it's
0: your yeah. wife, the mother of your kids, or if you're, you know, the father. And in this example, she'll never do it again. It was a one-time event. Mm. Do you want your best friend to come the next day and be like, dude, I got some bad news to tell you? Or do you want him to just go, she'll never do it again, Let's just drop it and he'll be happy. Assuming you were happy with it, what would you want? Would you want to be ignorant, bliss, or to be aware and unhappy? <laughs> and I want to get Zach's opinion on this too. Uh, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I think I'd probably still want to, I think I would, I would want to know. Yeah, I would want to know. You would want to know? Yeah, I would want to know. But I would even also, if it's going to make
0: you miserable. I, you're going to end up getting divorced. It would, might
2: make me happy. It would be like, oh, thank God, now I have a great
0: reason to leave her. No, no, I'm assuming it was a happy marriage. You okay. loved her. Everything was going great. Sure. Um, because it ain't never going to be the same once you get
2: that news. So that, and then the other, the other option is never knowing, he never, never, never tells you, having, and she him. never does it again. Yeah, well, in that case, then I'd take the ignorance if I never knew and I never oh. suspected it. And then I, then I would, I would probably choose that. Zach, what you going with?
0: Wait, yeah, you. I gotta share mics because ex- yeah, we're going with the cheap Zoom right now. Uh, I, I would want to know. You'd want to know. Yeah. You're like me. I got to know. I'm like, I, I, even if it would make me miserable, I'm just like, now Kate. I don't it,
1: think it necessarily has to make you. miserable. Kate, if it
0: was a guy. What would you if do? If it was 100%. Oh, i am sorry, wait a minute. How hot is, <laughs> how wife? Hot is my wife? I thought you were going to say, is the guy. <laughs> is is it, uh, is it Kate Beckinsale? Is it like out of my league? And she's the only one I'll ever be able to get at she's that level? She's the Game of Thrones dragon? No, the, the assistant, the the helper of the... <laughs> or the, Zach, red, the red queen? Zach likes the girl from um, Game of Thrones. No, the black girl that's this that works with... The dragon queen with oh, the yeah, big yeah. puffy hair. The, the British girl. Yeah, the British girl. That's Mark girl. friend. The actress yeah. is yeah. Uh, Kate I know. Beckinsale is terrific, by the way. Yeah, but she's older now. <laughs> sorry. You know what's crazy? Kate Beckinsale was terrific. Have you seen her daughter? Looks like her. Really? Yeah. Not quite as pretty, but... No, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. Is it just missionary <laughs> that they did? <laughs> is it just missionary position does that we're talking matter? about here? That <laughs> It does matter. It,
1: that... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Zach with the great questions there. Uh, I don't know if I'd be devastated to find it out either. I think I'd, I
2: would. I, my personality is such that I would l- welcome the trying to sort it out. Like you would welcome
0: to, it? I, mean, like, I, would, I would welcome the this challenge. This has been a great day. <laughs> I found out my wife was cheating. On I would me. welcome <laughs> the challenge of working through it.
1: How do you know it's 100% one time though?
0: Because it's just a... Because it's but, hypothetical. James is a <laughs> okay, James then. James is like really into kink. So, <laughs> James. <laughs> that's why he's a little more cool with Somebody like, said Zach is funny. Whatever makes you happy. Uh, James, or ev- Swannick. James, so, funny, yeah. Third eye tie. Funny how the people that don't believe dreams can come true, like yours never get anywhere in life, Eric says. Yeah, but I, I guess my whole point of that question is, what the heck? Is, is it better to be blissfully ignorant or to know? And I, I think in general, if you go down the ignorant bliss thing, you will be happier, but you, your life won't matter as much because people's lives matter mm-hmm. that actually change the world. You know, I asked my grandma. My grandma's an atheist, and when I was little, she's always giving me the same answer. I used to say, Grandma, what's the purpose of life? Because my mom was a religious Believed in God, heaven, and my grandma didn't at all. So I said, Grandma, then what's the purpose of life? She said, to be remembered, Mm -hmm. you know? And so to be remembered, the people we remember throughout history, life wasn't always happy. I mean, Abraham Lincoln was a guy who had tremendous hardships in life, but he mattered. Like, it was important he was alive. Um, You know, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Jesus Christ, all these people that you see didn't always have perfect lives. Although I was reading about a man in history, his name is something like Mubalik the Bloodthirsty. He was the first real emperor of the Moroccan, in Morocco, Africa. And he had 5,000 concubines, four wives. I thought it was interesting, that ratio. Four wives and 5,000 concubines. And um, he had 900 children. Him and Genghis Khan had the most. Genghis Khan, they think, had 2,000 children.
2: We're all related to Genghis Khan anyway. aren't
0: we? 25% of, uh, a little under 1% of all people are related in the world to Genghis Khan. Mm. And this Mubarak, the bloodthirsty. So, but if you looked at his wives, if you looked at them in the eyes, you got your head chopped off. Isn't that insane? I mean, people think times are tough now. They think there's a lot of unfair inequality in the world, and there is. But, my God, in those times, it was like you're just walking, you look, look yeah. over to the side, he sees your wife, he's like, off with this damn head. I'm reading
2: a book now by Osho. Jeremy yeah, yeah. put me on to him, and he's saying forget trying to be remembered. He goes, let go of this idea of trying to be remembered. You'll be dead. It right. doesn't matter. And he's all about, like, doing... What you want to do in the moment and being present and being happy, rather than like Osho
0: is the is the guru who basically preached free love and had tons of women. You know that? I didn't, but oh, I'm, 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 I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Osho was <laughs> like Hugh Hefner. Oh, really? Oh, dude, he was famous, and he he taught it. He was like sleep with everybody, and a lot of it's always funny yeah. when I talk with people preaching Osho who are like these like meditative Osho people. I'm like, you do know this was the Indian Hugh Hefner, man. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) He died in 2000, I think. He was born, yeah. He has many names. Yeah, he was saying
2: also like, uh, here it is. I actually took a photo of it. He's essentially saying you can't promise someone that you're going to be married to them forever. Yeah. Like you can't promise someone I that like you're going to love them forever. Of all
0: of the Osho quotes <laughs> that, that <laughs> James could <laughs> write down, he copies down. <laughs> I've got it. I'm going to read it here. I got it because I, I took a photo
2: of the thing. He goes, everything that is beautiful, precious is going to be very momentary, but you want everything to be permanent. You love someone and you promise, I will love you my whole life. And you know perfectly well that you cannot be even certain of tomorrow. You are giving a false promise. All that you can say is, I'm in love with you this moment, and I will give my totality to you. About the next moment, I know nothing. How can I promise? You have to forgive me. I like that. Because <laughs> I don't want to stand at I haven't at the, seen oh.
0: James this excited in this whole radio podcast <laughs> until he, he's reminding himself.
2: I don't like the idea. Sorry, Zach. I don't like the idea of standing at the altar, Aww. getting married, yeah, and promising till death do us part. I think What'd for say, me,
1: Kate? James says idea.
2: Oh, yeah, he has his Australian way of. I like it. Was it wasn't just my accent? <laughs> okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't like that. I don't. I don't think that I could. Uh, James is like Gene Simmons. I was watching. I've only seen like that his talk show once. I mean, his ah. Uh, reality show what was it called zach family jewels no was that ozzy osborne's or gene simmons ozzy osborne's was the osborne's yeah gene simmons was family jewels so there's one episode where this guy is getting married and he invites uh, gene simmons just happens to be in vegas so he goes i'll walk the aisle with you so while they're walking the aisle he looks at the guys and he goes dude are you sure <laughs> That you love this woman. The guy's like, totally love her. He's like, are you sure? You only about to be with this woman forever. Yes. And he was like shaking the guy like, are you sure? (laughs) That's James. It's like that that scene
2: in, uh, what's the movie with Vince Vaughn and um, where? No, not Wedding Crushes. Uh, Vince Vaughn and... No, damn it. I can't remember. But he says the same thing. Like this guy, Will Ferrell's character is about to get married and his bride is walking down the altar and he's like, dude, run now. You're yeah, old school. now. He's <laughs> like, dude, get out now. You're, it's going to be one vagina for the rest of your life. <laughs> get out now. And he's like, no, man, no, man. I love her. I love her. He's like, get out now. Get out now. And he ends up marrying the woman and ends up getting a divorce or separated like months later. So
0: We bring James on the show because he's extremely... Romantic I am very <laughs> romantic. I'm just not I don't think Jesus I'm romantic for the rest of time. Him, James, <laughs> J- no, James what James is he's he says to a woman, I am romantic right now. But tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow. I'm probably it's won't momentary. It's momentary. and I was like, have you read Oh show? You know the, hey, thing, the thing is Beatles said all you need is love and then they broke up. The Beatles said all you need is love, Zach says. But oh, then yeah. They broke up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the only problem with Eastern philosophy, I do somewhat respect Eastern philosophy, but some people think it's like always correct. It's not really. I mean, part of being a human, going back to making money, is you have to be able to project into the future. That's one of... You know that humans have a very unique ability. to. It's called projection, not astral projection or anything weird like that. What it means is, I told you, my German Shepherd dogs cannot project into the future they can't go if there's if i leave all the dog food there they can't go if i eat it all now i'll feel a little sick and i'll have none for tomorrow (laughs) they just are like osho They just live for now so there is truth and that's what i was trying to say what makes you happy is osho but doesn't necessarily make you survive no and what makes you survive won't make you happy because the dogs then have to go all right, I'll only eat some of the food now because I need some for tomorrow. Well, if you, eat, if you take money, if you make a million bucks, right? Somebody's going to try to take it from you. They're gonna, you're going to spend it partying. You have to be able to turn off your brain and project in the future that if I enjoy everything now, I ain't going to have anything tomorrow. And that, believe it or not, that simple concept is almost impossible for most people to do.
2: I think happiness is your subconscious's perception of probability of survival. I think your happiness is related to how much you think you you can survive into the future. It's like why people love having kids, right? Because your genetic line will continue and because you're creating more allies, which will increase your probability of survival. Yeah, but sometimes kids make people unhappy in the moment. Sure, but subconsciously it gives you happiness because it increases your probability of survival.
0: Because yeah, it's like with money. People go, "Does money make you happy?" You know. Well,
2: in as much as that, it increases your probability of survival. Then you think it does. Yes. I think anything that that your mind thinks, either on a conscious or subconscious level, will make you survive. Yeah. Increases your happiness level. Yep. Again, humans are not designed to be happy. Humans are designed
0: to survive. It's simple. I think that that the thing. I mean, happiness, the theory of why ha- why we're happy. It's interesting. So you ask different people, you're going to give different things. Like, What do you think happiness is, Kate, in your opinion?
1: Um, what makes you happy? What makes me happy?
0: Besides being on a podcast with me.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And having guys send you dick pics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, she doesn't
0: give out her number.
1: Simple things make me happy, actually. I find happiness in the smallest things, like... For instance, my bunny. Like, I literally... She
0: has a little bunny called Bun Bun.
1: I love her. I love animals. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to talk closer. I Just little things. I love animals. I love being healthy. I love...
2: Being healthy increases your
0: probability of survival. Does Bun Bun, her rabbit, make I like caring
1: for someone or something. I like... Like, I like that I saved her from an animal shelter. Like, she could be stuck in a little cage, and now she has... A large, and area. now she just
0: runs around your apartment, and goes to the bathroom everywhere. No,
1: she's litter trained. Actually, <laughs> bunnies can be very smart. They're like cats, but uh, she does make a mistake. That's a cat. Maybe yeah. on
0: a maybe on a
2: subconscious <laughs> level, even though the bunny can't directly help you, maybe the fact that you are helping. I like and, to help. I try. It's to, the altruism. Yeah. Kin kin altruism. I and like then, to me, and know then,
1: that I could help someone. Or and
2: someone. then maybe the fact that you are caring makes you more attractive. To either right. the opposite sex or to other people, like platonic friends, which again increases
0: your allies and which
2: again increases your chances
0: of survival. That's called yep. that's called <laughs> altruistic displays that people do. That's why people sometimes when they give to charity,
1: I give to charity. I exactly. tell
0: everyone. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I don't do that,
0: but Jersey, no. But
1: you see the curve of enthusiasm where uh, Larry and Ted Danson
0: gave to a charity, but Ted did it anonymously. Oh. It he told everybody, I gave it a... Zach's so talking about Kirby Enthusiasm when Ted Danson gave anonymously but then told everybody that he gave anonymously to charity.
2: <laughs> the best thing is if you can give anonymously but then you leave clues so people discover that yeah. you gave it anonymously. Yeah. But then, you didn't, yeah. And then you get you all the credit. You leak crap. it
0: to the press so yeah, they're like, Zach anonymously left yeah. his whole fortune. And then you play it down like, yeah. oh, it was supposed oh, to be anonymous. Get out? <laughs> That's what people do. You know what people do in Hollywood? Like the Kardashians or, you know, Paris Hilton, what all these people, what they used to do, is they would their publicist would call like TMZ and be like, They're having dinner at uh Boa Steakhouse. And then the paparazzi would show up and then um <laughs> Paris and Kardashians or it wasn't always the Kardashians, but famous people socialites would come out and be like oh i don't want to see the camera but they literally called the cameraman <laughs> yeah. there just to be a little more famous man yeah somebody said eight hundred dollars will make you happy jude hannah eight hundred bucks
2: no it's, it's haven't they done studies that show that if you can make seventy thousand right. dollars your level of happiness is always going to be okay and then from 70 anything above
0: that it goes up a little bit but not as incrementally. Yeah, it doesn't go up dramatically. Yeah, you need basically here's the thing. If you're broke, you're unhappy. Mm. Almost always. But if you can you don't have to become a multimillionaire to be or even a millionaire to be happy, you know. You you have to but you can't be struggling every moment of the day. But what I would I think happiness, I do think there's truth to that. But a better way to think about happiness is really you, your body playing tricks on you. That's really what it happened. Because 100 yeah. years from now, or however old you are, some of you, let's say you're 20, in 60 years, 70 years, the stuff that was super important to you now that gave you either depression or happiness, they, they're pretty much antithetical, right? They're opposites. It'll be all irrelevant. You won't even remember that. it's not It's not real happiness. So, for example, I'll give you an example. People will be like, oh, you know, I don't like, like, when, there's girls in Beverly Hills that are like 19 getting boob jobs. They're like, I don't like my boobs. Well, here's the deal. No matter what you do, by the time you're a 70-year-old woman, you're going to look back and be like, it didn't matter. It didn't. So what your body is doing is playing tricks on you in order to do a little bit what James is talking about. If a girl looks better, she's more likely to attract a better guy have more children so on and so forth so it's it's your mind that's why I said in one of the earlier parts of this podcast in order to go from zero to a million you have to be able to play tricks back on your brain mm. so you're like people can't read because when they sit down they don't experience happiness but just be honest you know the best thing I've ever heard of this of a reprogrammed mind the best celebrity reprogramming of the brain is the story of The Rock. The actor, Fast and Furious, the second highest paid actor. When he was a young child, he loved his dad. His dad was a pro wrestler, this big, strong guy. And he looked up to him. And when he was five years old, his dad started allowing him to come to the gym, but it was like a privilege. So imagine you're five years old, your dad's this big, strong guy. And he's like, come on, son, you can come to the gym. So he would go to the gym, but he couldn't lift weights. Obviously at five, it was big, heavy weights. But he said, his dad would be lifting and these big heavy weights. He would hear, you know, the when you do a big heavy bench press, what is the sound? It goes cling when you put it. And he said that noise to this day releases all kinds of happiness, nostalgic feelings. Mm. Imagine if everybody in America had that understanding, that happiness from going to the gym. Mm. Nobody be fat. Yes, I get to go and lift weight yeah, and sweat be and like, put tremendous strain yeah. on my body today. Yes. Yeah, but a lot of people, there's people that feel, guys like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe Bryant had one of the, in basketball, had one of the greatest work ethics of all time. You look at guys like Ronaldo, the soccer player, these people like that, they enjoy training. Yeah, And so what I do, going back to the concept of business, making money, when I read, I I got lucky because as a little kid, my mom was a single mom, so she brought me down to San Diego where my grandma lived, and my grandma helped raise me, and my grandma's a big reader, and so as a little kid, my grandma would not let me watch TV, and she would, I mean real young, like one or two years old, she gave me like stacks of books, and she's like, when I was getting potty trained, I used to sit on the those little you know those little toilets they have for potty training and she has pictures I would have like 20 books stacked up and I wouldn't get off she's like get off and I would just sit there and read at like a one I I started reading at like one and a half or something and so to this day when I pick up a book it's a little bit like how the rock feels I get a pot how he feels about the gym (laughs) no not that ignore Zach but but I'm saying that's most people's programming about learning is negative. It's, mm. It was take a test for school, you know, it's a bullshit
2: thing. You know what you can do? There's a few little practical things you can do to rewire your thinking around this. If you change your language around an action, then mm-hmm. you can change how you feel about it. For example, oh, I have to get up early in the morning, right? right? If you change it from I have to to I want to, right? Or I'm you, excited to. I'm excited to, yeah. or I choose to. Or I get to. Or I get to. It's, it, you feel so much better about that. Yeah. Rather than saying like, oh, I have to go to the gym tomorrow morning at yeah. 6.30. I've got to get up at 6.30. Go, oh, I want to get up tomorrow morning at 6.30. I can't wait to get up tomorrow at 6.30. Your whole mindset can change just by changing two little words. Yeah. Get rid of... Get rid of the words, I have to, and change it to anything else. Yeah. Like a positive reinforcement. Here's the other thing. Physiology is a huge component in your happiness level, right? If you're smiling and you're laughing, like I am now, right? There's muscles being activated in my face when I smile, right? My body and my physiology remembers that. So one of the tips I've learned to try and get into a happy mode in the morning is I will literally get a pencil or a pen and I will stick it in my mouth like this just like this. And what that's doing is it's forcing my my face to smile, right? It's yeah. my brain is going, you know, Oh, okay, you're smiling. Zach,
0: will you do that and demonstrate for us? No. no I <laughs> think he
2: did it. Come great. on, Zach. He just did a great job with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally, like you can see Zach's it's a, a pen pirate. You hold it there, and now your whole face is like taking the Kate, action of
0: a smile. Can you demonstrate that? We need a yeah. no, not the same pen. <laughs> <of those> <laughs> Yeah. No, not the same pen, Zach.
1: We don't have any other pen.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, Wait, here we go. We got one here. So for the rest of this Is podcast, Kate, can you be happy? Yeah. <laughs> Kate's already happy enough. Kate does not suffer from happiness uh, from, uh, from over happiness. Yeah,
1: I I need to actually chill on. Although, laughing. let's see, let's I see laugh you laugh at inappropriate times. Everyone
0: wants to see it. There you go good teeth too look at that (laughs) james sounds like he's (laughs) assessing a horse come on james that's not a good thing to say to a woman you have good teeth
1: that's a good one the other
0: the other thing
2: that makes that makes people happy is contrast so it's like remembering a time where you weren't as successful or you didn't have something that's the i would
0: say that i i actually (laughs) we went out to eat how long were we up last night till like Um 4am 4am I went with But uh, we were
1: lost in conversation so the Tom, time Tom by. from
0: MySpace the guy who found in MySpace was there he's a friend of mine and a guy named Owen Cook was there and we were just talking late into the night and and <laughs> I was saying dude I, without a doubt the greatest way to be happy is completely <laughs> Well hold on one second this guy said Ty I'd steal your girl Ty but he spelled st- steal, still, <laughs> Todd, steal your girl. You would steal her? Is that like... So I'm interested, how would, you, how would you steal her? Yeah, just curious. <laughs>
1: He's like, what yeah. would you text me? What would
0: you text Somebody her? Somebody said, uh, not if you can't spell steal, laughing yeah. my ass off. Um, no, I, I, I think that if I could have a superpower around happiness, so there's like, what's the best superpower to become rich? probably to fly. to fly
1: to teleport actually i'd run and teleport
0: no but that's not to become rich <laughs> flying ain't gonna help you um no what will make you rich without a doubt is learning more learning faster number two <laughs> what will make you happier is without a doubt being able to contrast to your worst moment and bring that up instantly into your brain yeah, for sure. If you can bring up instantly the nightmare that you've been through and you can contrast. That's why I read books. Yeah. I read a horrible book the other day. And I I try You shouldn't read I mean horrible, it was a horrible story of these people getting kidnapped and just like mm. and but it makes you go, "Oh shit, could be worse." Mm. Cuz a lot of people if you ask them to describe their problems, they're always like Oh well, I'm only making a hundred grand and I, I want my friend makes a hundred and fifty. Well, you're still making a hundred grand. Other people go, Oh, I'm so unhappy. Why? Well, there I'm in traffic in LA. Well, at least you live in LA, which is a cool city that a lot of people want to live in. That's why there's traffic. At least you got two hours, you could be listening, learning a language. So right. When you, people got no, I, I said this on my tweet, Twitter, I left a tweet the other day and it said, almost all unhappiness comes from a lack of perspective, literally. Now there are some legitimate things that will make you unhappy. Like when I read this story of these people were kidnapped by this dude for 10 years and locked in a house right in the middle of Ohio, 10 years, they were tortured chained three women were 10 years yeah that was a nightmare so my here's my point that is a truly impossible to be happy basically i mean i'm sure they i don't know the psychology of it but that's a real dilemma as opposed to what most people are pissed off about is like you know you here's the best example of this you get on an airplane and uh what's the guy who talks about this the comedian louis ck louis ck and, like, God help you if the airplane movies don't work. Yeah. I was on an airplane recently, and the movies didn't play. You would have thought that people were in a torture chamber. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know, and, and um, uh, what's his name, Zach? The comedian? Louis C.K. Louis C.K. goes, I was on a flight. Going, I'm not going to say it as funny him, but he said, people going from New York City to Los Angeles. And he said, right when we got on... Um, Oh no, he said a friend came from New York to LA and was complaining. Lois, you ain't gonna believe this. He's like, "What was wrong?" He's like, "We they held us on the tarmac for 1 hour. We couldn't got off the plane." And he goes, "Uh, did you just travel from Los Angeles, New York to Los Angeles in 5 hours through in a chair in the sky he goes 200 years ago that used to take six years on a wagon train half the people died on the trip he said you got to the other side of the country with a whole new group you had a new wife new kids because everybody died and now people are like you won't believe this (laughs) i had to spend five hours not four i mean this is one of the worst like i wanted to look at people and be like what are you talking about and and I'm a, I'm gonna give you a practical little story. It's a true story, Super Bowl. What year do we go to the Super Bowl? It was this year. Last you year. went
2: two years ago when it was the Broncos taking on the uh, Carolina Panthers in San Francisco. It was yeah a that year one, and half San Francisco. We a went year to and half, half ago. Too. We went to the other one
0: too. went to the so two years ago, two Super Bowls ago, we went up there. And as I was coming back, I had to take a separate plane um, back to L.A. And while I'm uh, sitting on the plane all of a sudden they go the pilots aren't here and everybody's like oh. it was like 11 o'clock right after the super bowl like 11 we're trying to get home to la oh everybody's mad now i had just bought at least 200 worth of books so i had this huge stack and i was the only person on the plane i was like damn now i got time to read them so i sat there reading and the other people um the other people were still complaining. And finally, they're like, the pilots ain't coming. We got to get everybody off the plane, find new pilots and put them on. So people flipping out. So I walk off the plane and I'm just reading. I'm like, good, I'm going to finish my book. And there's a guy sitting next to me. And he's this actor that I recognize. If you've ever seen Terminator, he played the, it was a Terminator 2? Yeah, he was the Terminator. In the second. He was, well, the, yeah, the, he the, was the bad guy in Terminator cop. 2, the cop. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I just struck up a con. I was like, you know what? Let me use this time Yeah. instead of bitching and whining. Who cares? I just was at the Super Bowl. Remember, everybody on that plane had just gotten it. A- they had just gone from a Super Bowl. So they're already having a good day. It's the biggest sporting event in you're America. You're already winning. Yeah, you're already winning. And we're going to be home. Instead of being up at 1 o'clock, we're going to be back at 2. So I'm there, and I go, you know what? I'm going to talk to him. So I talked to him. We became friends. He's on the, one of the biggest TV shows in America. He's on um, The Scorpion. He's one of the, the main characters. We became friends. I read these books. And then I got home like one hour earlier. I mean, one hour later than normal. But look at all. So people are lack of perspective. Yes. Is a nightmare. And I'm guilty of it. The human brain has tremendous problems with contrast bias. It's called contrast bias. That's the scientific term. Don't give in to contrast bias. It's a damn nightmare. Yes, Robert Patrick but, is his name. But do give in to it if you're
2: contrasting where you are now compared to a time when you were worse off. Like, yes, but people don't best. do that that no, much. No, they don't do it. But I can tell you, I am so guilty of it. Like, like I only really started getting building businesses like four years ago. Yep. And when I made a million dollars from the, from my businesses that I learned. Like, I was both happy and satisfied and content. Right. Right. Because I knew that I'd got, you know, years earlier, I I didn't have the ability to do that. But then, not soon, uh, sorry, soon afterwards, I started waking up in the morning. And the first two or three minutes of my thoughts every morning were everyone else is crushing it. You're not. Right. You're not selling enough. Your business is is, floundering, is just doing okay, but it's not doing amazing. There are 18 year old kids. Who were making two million dollars in the first six months of their business, right. You only made one million dollars in eleven months of your business right and I, and I could realize the ridiculousness of the thoughts. like I could perceive I could see it that it was just like mental diarrhea essentially. Right. But it was so interesting that I could go from you know a month or two earlier going, "Wow, I can see how I have my life has changed." from a couple of years ago when I couldn't make a million dollars to now. But then two months later, it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing compared to all these other people that I'm around. So I, I was guilty of it. And it's, so, it's like the human brain is so weak. Yeah. How do we succumb to it so easily? What, like, I'm, I'm curious as to why that happens. Maybe it's also... Because,
0: I, wait, wait, because you're forgetting the initial basic supposition of this whole conversation, which is what makes us survive which is pushing yeah. yourself to grow your business, yep. is the unhappiness. See, if you were completely content, com- there's, there's actually a mental problem that some people have. It's, mm-hmm. it's zero neurosis, because what you were doing is being neurotic. Mm-hmm. You, neuro- neurosis is overreacting to small things. So you were going, I only made a million, and other people are making two million. That's a small thing on the grand scale of life-threatening things. Very small. But, so you were being neurotic, and neurotic, behavior exists for an evolutionary reason if you had zero neurosis you would just never you'd never try harder again so you just make a million bucks mm. your business wouldn't progress so what you have to do is celebrate, celebrate it no, honest it. you got to toy with it yeah. So you want it to be there sometime just enough to push you and then you want to be able to bring it down, you know what I'm saying? But
2: you got to know that you have to know that it that it's there. Like you almost have to take a step back and notice that that you yes. are thinking that. You have to be aware. That's why yes. you have to have awareness. Yep. Cuz if you don't, then you're cooked. Then you just you spiral into this like depression or like aggressiveness or whatever. The first thing is being aware of that.
0: Absolutely. By the way, is that the right time Okay, so we're going to wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. So, yeah, going back, as you notice, everything we talk about today is the psychology, the psychology, the mindset that it will take. And I promise, your biggest enemy, it is not hard to make money in the modern world. It is easier than it's ever been. More people are doing it. More millionaires are being created than ever before in history in just the last couple of years. More billionaires created, more females more black people, more Ma- Mexican people, more Asian people, like of all races, more, more, more people are rags to riches. Um, and so your biggest issue, late, Ty. Ty. What's up with the Starsky and Hutch haircut? That's what somebody said. I didn't comb my hair very well today. Um, somebody said, "Does Rome want to go home, Ty?" That's your cue. <laughs> You guys notice Rome back there in the background? Are you drinking? What are you drinking? Water. Oh, I Vodka. thought he, he's back there on my bar.
1: No Vodka around. and his water.
0: <laughs> I threw all the alcohol away.
1: Of Kate. Oh. <laughs> no, Kate
0: Do does not drink. I want to. I want to ask a question.
2: Are you? Are you happier because you are physically bigger and have a more muscular and you're fitter than what you were, say, three or four years ago? Does that give you happiness? Do you look at the contrast bias there? Does that give you pleasure or contentment? or?
0: Oh, that is a good question. I think, you know, my brain's a little weird on stuff like this, how I perceive. Yes, it is. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Kate's even weirder than mine. <laughs> That I'm a good a
1: weird.
2: Play. So, Kate, I'm going to show you a photo, a photo of weird. me and Ty. This is the the, the day, the very first day that I met Ty and we got a photo. I'm going to show you Ty as well. Okay. So, have a look. So, Kate, I'm curious if you would you would date this guy.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put him on the spot. Let me there see. Oh,
1: you, you look awkward. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dang, Thank you, you James, You look a lot different
1: than... That find, nothing like people. Picture.
0: Nothing like people knowing you for a long time to this be able to. This is the first day to, I met you. Yeah, but that was not so long ago. But
2: like, I, I'm, I'm, curious, I'm curious. Right? Because you, your, your physical <laughs> stature has changed, <laughs> has changed yeah. dramatically in right. like twelve to eighteen months. Right. And like, you look at that photo and you go, it's changed a lot. Right. You look like a what skinny year, little skinny 2013? little runt. There. Was that 2013? <laughs> 2013, yeah. So I'm curious like we were talking about <laughs> visualization and contrast bias, right? Like right. I know that if if I if I'm down, feeling down, I want to make myself happy, then I'll just look at a screenshot of my bank balance from like three years ago and I'll okay. look at it from today. <laughs> or I'll look at a photo of when I wasn't working out and right. I was drinking um, not excessively but drinking enough that it was like I was eating crap food or eating poorly and I had like a puffy face and like a yeah. belly and all that stuff and then I'll look in the mirror or I'll just you know realize how I feel and that will give me happiness yeah
1: everyone wants to see the picture
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: threw I tie threw on the bus somebody said that's here. not
0: fair show us a, it's not that bad <laughs> no no it picture. is not bad here. but there you go you can show me. Yeah. ow <laughs> we just knocked heads yeah. Somebody said, Ty, you could punch him and no one would blame you. That's what somebody's <laughs> saying.
2: Um, so I'm curious. Like, I, I, even if you go back and you look at YouTube videos on your channel from, like, 18 months ago, you're different. You look different. Yeah. You've got, like, a girls soft. Girls like confidence. But, yeah, but, like, physically, you've got, a, like, a soft face. You've got, like,
0: you a. Know, you know the difference. Now I'd it's, se-
2: like, more. Ch- it, it seems, like, more chiseled and hard just because you are working out, right? But, like, you know,
0: I'll tell you, with girls, it, here's the thing about girls. Um, I don't know that I necessarily date. Well, I don't know if I necessarily date prettier or better girls that now than there. Oh, whoops. It didn't work. She's got a headset. It's fine. So even when you're like, looks matter to girls, but I'll tell you, if you have some other things going for you, you can compensate. So if you have some charisma, if you got some stuff, but it is better. Like James said, to be in shape. It's, Better, but it's not as. You know what's funny? It's better because it increases your chances of survival. And (laughs) James is going to bring it back to it.
2: Zach James has decided on his theory,
0: which is about.
2: (laughs) Here's the other thing, and and women, it increases their chances of survival if they align
0: with a a man who. But there's girls that will like you when you're nerdy, guys, and there's girl, and some girls won't like you. This is a funny thing about women. And this has been proven over and over scientifically. So they call it niche theory. So basically girls fill niches, even beautiful girls. So what they know, for example, is there's some amazing women out there that won't date very good looking guys because in the past they dated a good looking guy who turned out to be a player and cheated on them. So they decide to fill a niche, which is to go after like a shy guy, a quiet guy, a nerdy guy. And Mark my words, you look at every supermodel and you ask them to do pictures of the last 10 people that they've dated. Every one of those girls has a meathead dude, big muscle guy. Every girl has a pretty boy in there. Every girl has a rich guy. Every girl has an older guy, you know, and then almost every girl has a nerd. And so a lot of life is just like things shift. There's a saying that I like, one of my favorite things. There's no solutions, there's only trade-offs. So just for all of you wanting to become a millionaire, just remember, being a millionaire is no solution. It's a trade-off. Some things will get better and some things will get more annoying. That's true. If you become a better-looking guy, some things will. But I promise you, there are some girls who go, well, now I think you're going to. I mean, I've had in relationships I've had, no joke, you even know some of these girls, or one of these girls, was like, I like the old tie way better. I mean, she's like, dude, I like the nerdy tie, I like that. I don't like, I like she, nah, but she liked that, what James was showing. She's like, yeah. I didn't like, I didn't sign up for this, I don't know. And she's like, I don't like big, strong. Before, she had a dude that was nerdier than me before, and she was pretty. This girl was A-list pretty. So, I, I, I think it becomes a trade-off. Now you get different pretty girls. But I don't think that it's very hard with humans, because of all the niches that humans fill, to ever go, okay, if I was just richer. For example, the richest guys I know don't always do the best with women. They're just as lonely. Even, you know, John Mayer. Mm. John Mayer said, he's like, dude, I slept with so many more women before I was known. He's like, when I just had a guitar and nobody knew me as John Mayer... Because John Mayer is a good-looking dude. Mm -hmm. And he can play the guitar like insane. He's not a dude you want to hang out with your girl for a week. (laughs) You don't want to send them on a business trip together, right? (laughs) And he's like, dude, now I almost get no women because he has to be cautious. Maybe they like him for money. Maybe they're trying to get pregnant. So it becomes... So it's not necessarily a trade-off, you know. I mean, it's not necessarily a solution, for him, it's actually just a trade-off. Sure, he probably wouldn't go backwards, but it's not always as good as you think and that's why I say you should if you want to make money, it should be for other reasons besides just pure happiness because it'll always be a competition once you make ten million, you'll go uh. I remember, and not that long ago, I remember being making about a hundred grand a year and just going. Mm, I wonder if I could ever make a million. And I was just like, that's a lot, man. And then I figured out how to make a million in a year. And I'm like, I wonder if I could make like three or four million. And then you make that. And then it's like, now nah, I know how to make four million in a month. but And you forget. Now, if I make less than four million in a month or something, I'll be all like depressed. I'll be like, oh, everything... So the brain is just playing yeah. tricks, and it's and it never really... So what you have to do is sometimes be able to step away from the crowd. The crowd includes your own mind, right? You have to be able to step away from it, and just... That's where Osho comes in to me. Mm. Otherwise, every win is also a loss. Yeah, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they're like, once I win the NBA... Michael Jordan said once he won an NBA championship, he's like he was happy for... That day, and he woke up the next day and is like, Now I gotta get two because people will say this one's lucky, right? And then you get two, and but you know what? That made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan because he had the hyper competitive thing. So, I think no matter what your personality is, okay, somebody said, What if a girl who wrote this? Here's a question Is she 347 says, What if a girl is taller than you? Here's the deal. I've dated some girls taller than me, some shorter than me. Here's the thing, James probably the same. Um,
1: How tall are you, James?
0: Six one and a bit. You'll find some girls that are. Guess what? Attracted Nicole. to guys that. Uh, some girls don't care. Nicole Kidman
2: dated, was Tom. married to Tom Cruise, and Keith Urban's shorter than than her as
0: well. Oh, that's all the time. Look at Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, he's like five two or something. Kevin isn't he? Hart's smaller than Maya, really. Maya's five wow. three and a half, and he's like right. Yeah, yeah. I w- I know Kevin Hart personally. So, I, don't, I don't. Small guy, it. but big personality, right? But he is white. He has a pretty wife, and she's like five nine. Mm. <laughs> but he, you know what? She thinks he's funny, mm. and he's Kevin Hart, and he's a cool dude, and you know. So it's like. You get you got to deal with what you got, and then it's not that some things. You there's that old saying. You you, you got to know what can be changed and what can't, and you just what are you gonna do? Hmm. You know, you you got what you got. Some people go, if I was only smarter, Ty, life would be better. You know, blah blah blah. If you'll always say that, I yeah. mean, I was yeah. I always, Guys that are six foot are like, if I was only six three, trust me. And then dudes who are tall, you know, I just had a. NBA. Um, I had a party with the NBA at my house two week, two Saturdays ago. Zach missed it, of course. His good Leo luck, he got stuck. And I had five of the NBA, the Golden State Warrior champions here, and <laughs> it was a whole weekend. I played football. They were at my house. And then I played footballs on Kevin Durant's team, and JaVale McGee was here. And then guys start. Even Rome was small at that party. That was so funny. <laughs> Rome goes, but I was still bigger than all of them <laughs> Tall wise. It and so was funny. The,
2: they they were complaining, these basketball no, players. No, 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 but I'm saying
0: then guys are like I'm too tall. Guy, how tall were they? Seven wide. JaVel's like oh, seven God, or seven one. Huge. JaVel is McGee is very Draymond Draymond's about your height. Is he taller than you? Draymond's like so six seven. Like at yeah, he doesn't. Nah, what did you say? I said he doesn't look, he's not built like Yeah, Draymond that. is a funny how he looks, but so my point is this shit never gets better. And women, too. Women, tall women wish they were shorter. Almost all 5'11 girls are like, if I, I'd rather be like 5'9". And
2: then it's like, I wish it had bigger boobs
0: yeah, or smaller boobs. Then, you know, it's a funny thing. I went to Finland once. Finland, in Finland, near Sweden and Estonia, the most blonde-haired women naturally in the world. Finland's known for that. Yeah. So I go to Finland. Every single girl has dyed black hair. Yeah, that's true. With blonde roots. You know how like in, ca- yeah. and then in California, girls are brunettes mostly, and they dye it blonde and the brunette roots are coming out. Right. And I asked, the, I asked all these Finnish girls, I'm like, why do you dye, dye your hair? And they're like, Ugh, blonde hair is so boring. And I'm like, in California, people are going, girls are like, oh, everybody's brunette. I want to be the California, yeah. you know, quintet. Helsinki so, is, like, yeah. notorious for that. I was in Helsinki yep, for a that's week. that's where I was. Yeah, it's crazy. I went salsa dancing in Helsinki. I'll never forget, I had a business disaster. I, was, I had a business, and I got a call, like, well, the time is way different, but it was, like, 3 in the morning in Helsinki, Finland, which is something like 6 or 7 in the morning in California. And I got a call from PayPal, and they're like, we're no longer doing tr- – I, w- I own different businesses, and one of the businesses are like – we don't want to process for any, it. wasn't just my business. They shut off the entire world processing, and I'm like, I process, and you know, I was processing in bank stuff. I don't know, four hundred thousand dollars a month or something, and they're just like, Yeah, you got ten days, and we're shutting it off. Ruined my trip to Helsinki because I had to find other banks and shit. Damn you, PayPal. PayPal's. A, I'm gonna warn all of you people. Those of you doing business online, your merchant accounts are through PayPal. Watch yourself because PayPal has a history. Of just being like, nah, we don't really like your business anymore. We're just moving on. Yeah, that i never forget that in Helsinki because I looked down at my phone and it was like, missed call because I was downstairs in this salsa place and right in the heart of Helsinki. Helsinki is kind of a weird place, dude. A it's lot like of the pick, Twilight Zone.
2: A lot of the pickup guys say that it's the best place for, really? for women. Helsinki. Yeah, all those RSD guys are like, they love
0: Helsinki. They I went love to a Estonia. Helsinki. That's a great place, Tallinn, Estonia. Oh, I didn't like Estonia. I liked it a oh. lot. Dude, I went to Estonia, and <laughs> this, girl, this uh, girl I knew was like, if you go to the main town square, you're going to get robbed at night. So I forgot she had told me that. You'll like this story, Zach. I forgot about this story. So I'm in Helsinki, and I. there was just a friend. This girl was a friend. She's like, don't go downtown. It's a dangerous place. So... I meet this, I, this girl that I was like kind of dating who was from Estonia, texts me, and she's like, meet me downtown. And I was so excited to see her. That's why I'd gone to the country. I'm like, sure. So I go downtown, and I'm walking. About halfway through this place, it's kind of shady. And all of a sudden, I'm by myself, don't know the language. It's like 1 in the morning, and I'm like remembering what this other chick said. Don't go here. She goes, I guarantee you, you'll get robbed. So I'm like, here's neuroticism goes up. I'm jumpy, man. I'm like, and I go into town square and this, this person out of the side of my eye comes is bum rushing me, like running at me. So I turn around fist back, just about to punch. And I turn, and it was like a flower lady, you know, like a lady who's like selling little flowers. I almost knocked this lady. I was like, Oh, thank God I didn't hit this girl. And she's just like, flowers? And I'm like, don't be sneaking up on people in this town. And so it's, it's a, Estonia is a weird, were you just there? You <laughs> yeah, were in Lithuania there, yeah. and Latvia and all yeah, that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I was started in Helsinki and then I got the ferry across to Yeah, to, you take to the town. boat. Yeah, yep. the boat. Then I went to Riga and Latvia. Yeah. And then Vilnius, Lithuania, and then I went to Minsk in Belarus. Oh, you went
0: to Belarus? Yeah, I went to Belarus. Were you going looking for a wife, man? You were going on that Eastern European wife tour. The funny
2: thing was, is <laughs> the, fu- the funny thing was, is that my fr- all these friends of mine had said, "Oh, you got to go to Belarus. The women there are so attractive; they're beautiful." I'm like, "All right, I'll go." So I went there. I was so tired from the rest of my trip, and I went out like for two hours, I didn't see any attractive women and I went back to the hotel, went to sleep. Then the next day I booked a flight to go back to the UK, right? So I get on the plane in Minsk and you know when you're walking, you're on the plane and you're kind of looking for your seat and as a guy, a single guy, you're like, please just let me sit next to an attractive girl and I can see this like brunette girl sort of about four or five rows in front of me and there was an empty seat next to her and I think, I think that's my seat, I think that's my seat. <laughs> And it was. And I went and sat down next to her. Anyway, this girl turned out to be Miss Belarus on her way to the Miss World Championships in Washington, D.C. So I got to sit next to Miss Belarus. Did you Belarus. Get a number? Of course I got a number. I've been Instagramming with her for, ever <laughs> since. <laughs> well, what's your, what was your DM to her? Well, at the time, it was probably, probably just you know, asking her about the Miss World Championships. That was it. So you so basically everything turned out okay for you. Everything turned out just fine. You didn't meet, <laughs> I didn't meet any attractive Belarusian women in Belarus but I sat next to Miss
0: Belarus herself on the plane out of Minsk. You know when I went to uh, speaking so these are called for those of you who don't know much about geography these are called the Baltic countries so Estonia Latvia Lithuania um, Belarus, I think maybe is considered Baltic. It's more, that's more former Russian. But, oh, there you go. Let me see. So I got a plane. I'm sorry. Our plane stopped in Latvia. James, you'll like this. And so we get off the plane, and I'm sitting there waiting for my connecting flight. And then they go, all right. Very pretty. It's time to get on the plane. So they put us on a bus. All, I go, can I walk to the plane? They're like, nope, it's against regulations. Remember, these are former communist countries. They're all about regulations. So I go, okay. We sit on a bus, and we had to wait. There was like a lady in a wheelchair. They had to lift up the wheelchair, put it on the bus. We waited about 30 minutes. Bus turns on. I'm like, finally, we're going to our plane. I'm imagining the plane is way across... The airport, the dude, I kid you not, went 18 inches or no more than three feet with the bus stopped and let us out. And they go, it's illegal for you not to take a bus. The plane, it was the plane next to the damn door. It was like nine feet away. And they're like, it's regulations. I was like, dude, you would not. Communist countries, I don't know what you guys think about politics, but name a communist country that you would want to live in. In any time in the last 100 years, I mean, man, those countries—Vietnam, the- maybe Bhutan or something—I think Bhutan. I can't remember if it was communist, but there's like nine people in the whole country. But that
2: whole Baltic area—they just get smashed whenever there's a war. Like, yeah. so they got so the the Nazis yep. took them over in World War II, yep. right, and occupied them, and then the Soviets occupied them right after World War II. Yep. And basically ru- ruled them. So it, it, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Because you got the, you got the Soviets. What was the Soviets and the, now yep. the Russians to the east and the Germans to the, yep. to the west. And they just got. There's no way out. Like you just get Poland.
0: Got, All you Polish people, boy. Poland got hit the hardest because Poland. Yeah. Poland has no natural barrier, so it's this big flat plain, and the Germans and Russians just fight yeah. and just decimate the Polish <laughs> people. So yeah for those of you traveling another way, zero to a hundred million dollars or $1 million. I keep saying a hundred million, but zero to 1 million travel, (laughs) get into a capitalist country. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of rich people. Somebody said the USSR rules. Um, We know someone in Lithuania who's doing all right. Yeah. You know, I, we have a guy who used to be in one of my, I think he might be in my, one of my mastermind programs. Now a guy named Matt Posius and he's in Lithuania and he's, he does, he travels a little bit, but he probably makes a hundred grand a month, a year, a month. No, a month, a month, yeah. He yeah. probably makes a million bucks a year starting when he was, he was 19 when I started. He's probably about 23 now. Yeah. He made his first million when he was 17, yeah. I think. Yeah, he made a million bucks yeah. by Tim. But he lives, on, I just spoke at his event. Yeah. He,
2: he lives just outside of Vilnius or yep. he lives in Vilnius rather. Yeah. He's engaged now to
0: one of the other. I know he, other he, inner circle he, he, members. He got married to a girl he met through me. Engaged. He's, he hasn't been married yet. Yeah. She's older than him, ain't she? Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10 years older? I don't know, 10 years. You baby. know, statistically, if the woman is one day older than the man, disaster. It doubles the chance of divorce. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Women have to respect men, and men are so immature that if men are about the same age and women are like, this dude's a joke. And, you know, that, by the way, that's not a feminist or, a, I'm sorry, that's not a patriarchal social construct like some people think. Um, Dr. David Buss did a study of about 100 cultures, and that's the one thing that holds constant. In, even in Sweden, which is one of the most feminist countries, from Sweden to Korea to Vietnam to the, the Ache tribe in South America, women always date older, guys, for the most part. Except the French president. Yes.
2: He's forty nine and she's sixty something or other.
0: That is interesting. That is an unusual pairing. Forget the French. (laughs) (laughs) The French are bizarre. Oh, they have good food. They got good food. Beautiful women. French guys are a little suspect in my. I know that sounds horrible. I always rail on the French guys. They're annoying as shit in my opinion. But. uh,
2: So, you're not gonna be dating a 40 something woman anytime soon? 60 year old. I'm gonna go in
0: for 60. (laughs) Kate, you're out. Bring me the 60. (laughs) Bring me your grandma. (laughs) Find me someone who's 40 (laughs) years older than you. All right, we got a minute 15. We're giving this away. Here we go. Whoever answers this gets it. Well, pick something. Question: going back to the beginning of the podcast what is the number one mental attribute you need if you want to go from zero to a million dollars according to the scientific study that I quoted the number one trait that you need the winner gets an iPhone 7 I said it in the beginning of the podcast if you've been here since the beginning I'm rewarding you for being here what trait is it? Is it awareness? Is it, you know, being smart? What is the number one trait? Perseverance? No. There you go. Michael Robiton, congratulations on Facebook proactivity. We'll be sending this out. Give us three or four days to get it to you. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast. I hope you go from zero to a million, not just in money but in all areas of life so talk to you guys soon if you want the chance to enter into one of my free giveaways here's all you have to do number one subscribe to my podcast and then secondly leave an honest review of my podcast what do you think of it all right i pick random reviewers to win either an iphone 7 a gopro black a MacBook air iPad, Kindle, and then I've been doing these uh, once a month free car giveaways, giving away a Mustang or Camaro to one random social media follower, podcast followers are entered into that too. So you'll get your free chance to enter. Just leave an honest review and make sure you subscribe to my podcast. All right. I hope you win one of the giveaways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever it is you like to listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes as they come out.